Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings, Podcast 119. As some of you long-time listeners might note, I really haven't been talking about very many MMOGs lately. In particular, since I was talking about Neverwinter, I've kind of just stopped talking about that. So in the first section, I ramble a bit about some of the thoughts I've said on MMOGs before, and why it is now that I'm currently not playing anything, and I'm only, at best, cautiously optimistic about the stuff that is coming down the road. Wolverine is now out, and I went to see it, so I talk about that in the second section. And as you might guess from the first section, I didn't really have much to talk about this time, so that's all I have for this week. Hopefully you'll enjoy the show. As some long-time listeners might note, I haven't said anything about Neverwinter since sort of the soft launch they had shortly after my beta review. And that's because I kind of got to about level, I think it was 8, it was not very far in at all. I kind of just wasn't feeling it, I wasn't really interested. In beta I was somewhat interested, but I didn't want to push too hard because, you know, they're going to wipe the progress and so all my progress would be pointless. I think in the beta I got to, I think, the mid-20s, maybe high-20s. But after the soft launch, I guess, I guess they had an official launch after that. I don't know why they had separate launch times. But after that initial soft launch, and I got to, you know, like I said, level 6 or 8 or something, it was really not very deep into the game at all. I just wasn't feeling it. And ever since then, I've been kind of wondering why that was. You know, I spent 60 bucks to be a founder, yeah, I did get like 20 or 30 play hours out of it, so I figure that's, you know, fair. It's like a single-player game. But I was really kind of looking forward to having something I could play on my own in an MMOG. I was really looking forward to creating some stuff in the... Wow, I can't even remember what it's called now. The thing that would let you create content. But again, you know, once that came out, I just really wasn't feeling it anymore. So I've been wondering, you know, is this something specific about Neverwinter, or is it something in general about MMOGs? Because I could very easily go back to something like, wow, you know, I've picked that up off and on over the years. Or I could go, you know, to any number of free games, you know, like Neverwinter or other free-to-play MMOGs that would be like, you know, I just download it and play. But I'm really finding that I'm not terribly thrilled with the thought of any of them. And over probably what's been a few months now, I've been wondering, am I just losing interest in MMOGs in general? And if so, you know, why is that? I think I've maybe mentioned some of these points before, but since I didn't have anything else to talk about this week, really, I thought I would just maybe mention them again. And, you know, over time, my thoughts and opinions will change about stuff. Many, many years ago, when I first started playing MMOGs with EverQuest, I noticed pretty quickly there were both player-created and game-created social hubs, and those were areas where players kind of 
naturally congregated. Back in those days, zones were separated by sort of hard loading lines. You'd spend a little bit of time loading, and any monsters that were chasing you would stop chasing you. And if you were talking about something like a dungeon, you know, you have to break your way in, and it would be, you know, several hours possibly before you came back out. So a lot of times players would gather, you know, at these zone lines, and that would be sort of a player and game generated social meeting point. People would talk, they'd gather for groups, they'd sometimes wait for other people if they were solo to cross the zone, you know, safer. But nowadays, games don't really have social hubs in that same sort of sense. Now, particularly if they have solo-ball designs, you know, that the main focus is on questing solo, it's pretty much sort of like a straight progression from A to B to C to D. And while there might be questing points, you know, where players go to shop or pick up new quests, these aren't really the same kind of social hubs. People don't really stick around, they don't really chat. They might come and they might shop, but, you know, there's not really a reason for players to stick around and, you know, be social like they were before. I think another part of this is that in recent games, the group content really hasn't influenced any sort of connection or reason to stay in contact with other people that you group with. Like again, back in the day with EverQuest, you needed sort of a a certain balance within the group. You needed a good tank, you needed a good healer, you needed a good damage dealer, and you know, it really kind of helped to have that sort of controller with you as well. And so a lot of people, probably mostly based on the fact that populations were much lower back then, you would have sort of this friends list and It would be like, you know, I need a tank. Oh, so-and-so is online. They're a good tank. I'll send them a tell, see if they want to join us. And so again, due to sort of the player connectivity working with the game's, you know, sort of requirements in terms of, you know, having a good group to progress through the dungeon, there was a sort of connectedness that was both, you know, required and desirable to players. Modern games don't really seem to have as much of a sort of, I guess you could say, influence towards having that sort of solid group structure. In more than one MMOG that's come out recently that I've been sort of disappointed with, there really wasn't a need at all to have a certain mix of classes. You could just go in and you could hammer your way through and it wasn't a big deal. So I think unlike the days of past where it's like you had this role and you felt good doing your role and other people, you know, would call on you or You know, you could ask other people if they needed, you know, your role. And so there was a sort of an interaction where, you know, players felt good and they felt needed and desirable by other players. As I said, you know, a lot of the newer games don't require that. And so you just kind of feel like, you know, just another body. And it's like, why am I special compared to the other people? There really, you know, isn't anything special other than, you know, maybe that person likes you and they think that you're pretty good at what you do. But there certainly isn't that. I guess you could say high level of connectedness of, you know, they need A, B, and C instead of, you know, just A, 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 A. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you're good or not. There's all these other people doing, you know, the exact same thing that you do. That also kind of connects to another big issue I have with MMOGs lately, and seemingly a lot of movies too, is that there's this idea of, you know, the one the one person in movies who will come save the entire planet or the universe, they're the only one who had this, you know, special, fantastic event happen to them or 
because of whatever, they're the only one who can possibly do this special thing. And a lot of MMOGs try to put this feeling forth that you are the one. And yet, you know, there's like a dozen, two dozen, a hundred people in your area doing the exact same quests as you. It's like the quest giver would be like, hey, the one, you finally came, blah, 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 accept quest, move on. Meanwhile, in the middle of that conversation, somebody else comes up, and the NPC, while talking to you, turns towards them, oh, the one, you're finally here. It's like, I thought I was the one. No, this guy's the one. No, this guy that just walked up is the one. So, to me, I find that just kind of really disturbing. It's like, we can't all be the one. And if we are all the one, who are all these other people who are also the one? That doesn't make any sense. Is there a way to fix this? Can things be soloable yet challenging to a group and give people a reason to interact socially? I think maybe. I'd say they would have to separate solo and group content completely, you know, independent of one another. And I would think that they would have to make each run off of instances so that it can be properly balanced, and so it can actually make sense that when somebody says, oh, the one, you're finally here, you are the only one in that area talking to him. I think, too, that has to expand past, you know, just the entry point. Because if you're supposed to go to this cave to talk to the Grand Bhagwan Master or whatever, and you see five other people running next to you, and they all disappear when they get to this cave, and then you get to the cave and you disappear and load into this instance, you know those four or five other people just went to the exact same place. So again, you know, that's going to break immersion, even though it is instanced. So I think, you know, they have to be really careful about how they instance and how the players approach the instance. And while I think it is possible, it will certainly be difficult. I think another possible way might be to make some content that some players can see, yet others can't. You know, not make everybody the one. I think Wildstar will be the first one to really show us if this idea can work or not. Because they have sort of a, a class-based and, I think it's profession-based system, where they will see certain missions, they will see certain goals, they will see certain quests or missions, you know, that trigger certain events. Like there's, I think, an archaeologist that if you go into a certain quest line, you get access to these sort of ancient tunnels, and these ancient tunnels are shortcuts through the world to get to different places. You know, only you can see that, and other people in your group, if you're grouped with people. So things like that, people might be like, oh yes, let's let's take this shortcut. Oh hey, we have an archaeologist with us. They can show us the shortcut. Let's go that way. Or you know, maybe they'll go on a special mission with a scientist, and then the scientist can reveal special lore that, you know, they wouldn't otherwise be able to see. I think things like that may sort of revive interaction between players. And I might be wrong on the names. It's been a while since I've followed Wildstar. I did apply for beta. I'm still following it, but I am cautiously optimistic. I think making quests slash missions also feel unique and special will also help alleviate the feeling of everybody is the one. Star Citizen is going to be trying out a dynamic quest system. One of the examples they gave was that, say, a particular star system is being hit by pirates. The nearby bases will put out a call for you know, players to come and act as mercenary and take care of the pirates. 
that message will spread. And in further star systems or star systems that are in greater trouble, you know, the rewards will vary depending on that. Also, if players are buying up a lot of repairs, they're buying up a lot of missiles, they're buying up a lot of, you know, new weapons, you know, in battling these pirates, you know, they're, they're burning up resources. Systems that produce those resources will start to go into shortage. They will put out, you know, mission flags for the traders and the people who want to run, you know, cargo. So all of this stuff, the economy, I guess you could say, will sort of be interconnected based on, you know, what the systems are doing, whether they're having peaceful prosperity or whether they're being attacked. So Star Citizen will introduce this sort of dynamic quest system, and it will be really interesting to see if this actually works out or not. EverQuest Next will be announced and given its sort of first big show on the weekend that this podcast is scheduled to go out. Wildstar and Elder Scrolls Online still have quite a bit to show us in terms of how the game works. As I mentioned, I'm not playing any MMOs right now, but I am cautiously optimistic that one or more of these MMOs in the works now might hopefully break us away from the previous molds and maybe incorporate some of these ideas that I've been bouncing around. If not, and the MMOs tend to be like they have in so many years before, I might have to stick to things like Destiny or something else like Hearthstone and maybe not play a standard MMOG RPG, but move to something like Destiny that is an MMO first-person shooter or Hearthstone, which is just, you know, a card game. So that's totally different kind of interaction online. I guess we will see in time. The Wolverine is a good to super good Wolverine story. It's not so much a traditional superhero movie in that most of the people in the movie are actually just regular people. They're not mutants. So don't expect to see more than a few mutants in pretty much the whole movie. It is certainly not a super-powered superhero type movie that you might typically see from a superhero movie. The story for the movie is actually based on a comic that is from about 30 years ago. It is, I think, one of the more important sort of story points in Wolverine's character. The basic gist of the movie is that he's hiding out away from people to try and deal with all of his stuff that's been going on in the previous movies. Someone tracks him down and takes him to her boss because her boss is dying. And Wolverine had actually saved this guy's life when this guy was younger, so he sort of wants to say goodbye to Wolverine. When they finally meet, he says to Logan slash Wolverine that he can make him mortal, but Logan says he's crazy and he just basically ignores him. Over the rest of the movie, there are several secrets revealed about that guy's family and what he was doing in terms of research, and along the way, Logan deals with you know, his issues that he has been dealing with. 
The gore is extremely minimal, which is kind of surprising since we're talking about Wolverine, whose basic power is to cut people in half. Most of the gore is like off screen. You'll see him swing at somebody and maybe he'll do a gut shot. But instead of showing, you know, the claws coming out of the guy's back and blood spewing everywhere, the guy just kind of, you know, flops over and, you know, we see him from the front of the guy. So, you know, it's just like Wolverine's punching him in the stomach and, you know, there's no blood or anything. Also, there's a lot of stuff where he'll swing and he'll hit the guy and sort of knock him off screen and you'll hear the noise. But you won't actually see anything. So for something, you know, that has X quantity of violence, it has, you know, a much lower quantity of gore than, you know, the violence could permit for. The 3D is pretty awesome. And it's actually kind of impressive when I looked it up on the wiki because I found out they did it all post-process. It wasn't with actual 3D cameras. So that was kind of surprising because I think the 3D really kind of added a lot to this movie. A lot of the scenes are outside and sort of focusing on people moving through various areas. So you do get a lot of sense of depth and, you know, actually see, you know, some cool stuff in the scenery because, you know, it's 3D and it has that sort of extra dimension, I guess you could say. I have kind of a a mixed final rating for this one. I would say if you are a huge Wolverine fan, you should definitely go see it. One of the characters is kind of changed from their original background, but since this story is like 30 years old, it's not entirely surprising that they updated, you know, one or more characters. From what I saw of the wiki and the description of the characters, though, the rest of them are pretty much just like they were, you know, originally, so I don't think they've messed around the comics too much. But I would say if you're just a regular superhero fan and you just kind of feel meh about Wolverine, you might just want to skip it and wait to see it on rental. Because the primary focus of the whole movie is really kind of on sort of story and sort of character development, you know, specifically of Wolverine, but also of a few different other characters. So, you know, if you're not that into Wolverine, you're you're just not going to care through most of the movie. There's a decent amount of action, but it's not, you know, a pure action movie. I would say it's probably fairly evenly split between action and story slash relationship kind of stuff. Popcorn is okay, but I don't think it would really add to the experience. As I said, it's kind of a more serious drama slash story kind of movie than it would be maybe, say, a pure action superhero movie. There is a special preview treat at the start of the credits. After you see the special preview treat, There's really no point sticking around unless you want to actually see the credits, because there's nothing else after that. really not much news this time. Elysium is out next week, August 9th. Kick-Ass 2 is due out August 16th. But that's all the news I have this time. 
I reflect on my reflection and I ask myself the question what's the right direction to go I don't know And I guess that is it for this week's Rabbit's Rumblings. There's no Pirate's Treasure. I've been kind of extra sad lately, but, you know, it's not any new sad. It's just kind of the same old sad. Not much going on in gaming for me. Oh, I did finish Star Trek. I was right. It was like only half an hour more after I had done the talking. So I probably finished somewhere around six and a half, maybe seven play hours. It's kind of hard to tell because it bugged both times I stopped playing and I had to sort of replay like half an hour or an hour worth of material each time. So that was kind of weird. I don't know what was up with that. But it was fun. It was extremely linear, so I don't think I'll play through it again. But like I said before, you know, if you're a super hardcore Star Trek fan and you like third-person shooters, might want to catch it on sale and give it a chance. I've got a bunch of beta apps out, but not playing anything, not currently in any betas. There might be a couple that might be coming up pretty soon, but nothing right now. So I might have some more cool news on that in the weeks to come. But for this week, I think that's pretty much it. Hopefully everybody had a good time, and I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. We're not here. It's just a bad dream. Oh, I agree completely. Why, we'll wake up any minute in Dark Harbor and have a laugh about all this. And a lot of MMOGs try to put this feeling forth that you are the one. And yet, and I, eh. whether they're having peaceful prosperity or whether they're being attacked. So Star Citizen, someone tracks him down and takes him to her boss because her boss is dying. And Wolverine, and the boss knew Wolverine when they were, and the, eh. <laughs> Tune in tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.com html if you would like to send me an email you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com if you friend me you can also post on facebook at rabbit.com you can follow me on twitter and youtube at rabbit dot.com it's rabbit.com but with not a period when you type rabbit's ramblings don't use the space and be sure to put the number one in place of i whenever you type rabbit Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2013 
and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.